Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. On a day where the Bombers dodge one of the biggest COVID bullets of all time. And now they've really, really dodged it. News coming to hand that Connor McKenna's test is in fact negative for COVID-19. Our Chief Sports Reporter Sam Edmund to join us in just a moment. Later on this hour, I want to talk about season 2020. Is it the safest and smartest thing from rounds 8 to round 13 to send everyone to a hub. Get out of Victoria and try and keep the season rolling. There is a lot to talk about. It's going to be a busy hour. You're with Jack Everett on Time On. on 6 o'clock, Tuesday the 23rd of June. My name's Jack Heverin. It's a great day to be alive and great to be with you as always. I had all of these things written down for what we're going to start the show with tonight and we had all of this audio. We're going to recap the day and start to set up some discussion around 2020. It'll have to wait because the news coming through in the last couple of minutes is significant involving Connor McKenna, involving Essendon, and involving the season as a whole. It's been a very, very busy day for Sam Edmund, SEN's Chief Sports Reporter, but he joins us tonight off the top on Time On. Sammy, welcome. Thanks for being with me. Sammy, you with us? I'm with you. There we go. Welcome. Thanks for being with me. Not at all. Pleasure to be here. Tell us what we need to know. This has all come through in the last couple of minutes. Where does it all sit with Connor McKenna? Connor McKenna has just tested negative today for COVID-19, Jack. So a pretty swift outcome in the end for the club and a great one for the game. So that timeline, in summary, was obviously tested uh, clear on Wednesday, low-grade irregularity on Friday, positive Saturday, and then he was tested again on Monday. And that result just comes back uh, this afternoon as all clear for Connor McKenna. So he will now go, as we know, into that quarantine with his teammate, James Stewart. Only the two of them in the end. But both have tested negative, as have the rest of the team and as have all the approved officials at the Essendon Football Club. So, Sammy, he won't be available for selection, say, this weekend. He'll still need to quarantine, even though he has tested negative. 
No, that's it. That's the, the DHHS guidelines that he and James Stewart, there is some reports that James Stewart might be able to um, shortcut that uh, quarantine period, if you like, given he has never tested positive. I've got no line of sight on that, other than the guidelines have always been you quarantine for two weeks. So he'll obviously miss this week's game against Carlton in the sense that he wasn't up for selection and then possibly the next week against Collingwood and still no word yet, Jack, whether the AFL are willing to move that fixture, but you would say it's unlikely. So those two guys uh, won't be available for selection for Essendon's next two home and away matches. Um, I know you're not a doctor, but how does this happen? Is it, is this a common, uh, common fact with, with COVID-19 that there can be tests that in one test is positive and the next can be negative. Do, do we know much about this? All we know really, Jack, from a, a long way out looking in, and you're right, I'm no medical expert here. <laughs> I just simply uh, read all I can on the subject, is there's a large incubation period with the virus. And that's why the protocols are recently changed in and around the period leading up to a test for a player. So that's why now players can no longer uh, have people at their homes, even family members, or visit other homes in the 48 hours leading up to a test. So if their game's on a Saturday, they'd have their pre-game test on a Thursday. That means they can't meet with anyone on the Wednesday or the Tuesday. The line of thinking there is that they could pick up the virus on a Tuesday, yep. still test, um, I guess, negative on the Thursday, but by game day Saturday, they can be contagious. So they're just seeking to close the net there, much like we saw with Connor McKenna, that he'd, he'd tested clear on the Wednesday and then that low-grade irregularity on the Friday and then obviously the positive, albeit for a brief period of time, thankfully, on the Saturday. And, and just while we're on the subject, uh, Jack, the AFL Commission met today and it obviously came up in that meeting with Gillian McLaughlin, the commissioners and uh, all club CEOs and presidents. And there was a lot of praise for the Eston Football Club actually in the diligent work that it had done around its training protocols. Um, all clubs have now been mandated to be really stringent with their bookkeeping, record-keeping, times, dates, names, rooms that are visited. But that wasn't always the case. But we're led to believe at Eston that they were really strict on it and they handed all that, not only the training vision that's now mandated to be filmed by the AFL, but all their logbooks as well to the Department of Health and Human Services. And they were really stringent on it by all reports. And uh, that certainly helped minimise, I guess, uh, the amount of players that were going to be, be lost uh, due to quarantine. So do we consider this now as a scare? Is this, I mean, if Conor McKenna's test is proven to be negative, is this now our first scare and are we better for having gone through this? I was pretty scared already, to be honest with you, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> and I think a lot of other clubs were as well. But yeah, I mean, if we needed a wake-up call, this would certainly be that. And clearly the AFL... If you're judging them on their reactions yesterday and their amendments to things like I just spoke about with uh, keeping a stricter um, logbook on club operations, now there's no contact either in full contact training sessions for the full team as well. They can only conduct that in their groups of nine. So their uh, large-scale full-side training sessions have no contact now. So clearly you would assume that by those changes it's been a bit of a wake-up call for the AFL, but certainly no one can predict where this virus is going. Certainly not in this state. Something of a yo-yo, isn't it? We're not where we want to be at the moment. Mm. So the AFL taking steps to minimise the risk, which you can understand. Last one on the Bombers, and then I want to talk to you about Victoria as a whole. Uh, does this change anything, or does it make now the scheduling of the, the game between Essendon and Melbourne easier? Could it mean that we see it sooner rather than later? Or is this something that is just too far away to predict? 
And well, if you rewind a little bit to when the news actually broke and um, and Melbourne were informed, they actually went to the AFL and said, well, that's okay. Let's play the game on Tuesday night or yeah. Wednesday night. That was certainly Melbourne's preference anyway. Now, that was swiftly knocked on the head by the AFL. And then once the AFL told Melbourne categorically, this game will not be happening this week in the lead-up to round four, Melbourne said, okay, well, we'll have our intra-club match, which is now not possible, mind you, in the in lot of the new no. um, changes to training methods. So they got that intra-club in on the MCG which is a pretty willing hit out. Now, that was on the Sunday. It would have been grossly unfair for Melbourne and for the AFL to then turn around and say, OK, let's play this game on the Tuesday or Wednesday night. So that definitely won't be happening. When it will actually happen is, uh, is an unknown at this point. Certainly not going to be happening any time soon. Uh, the only thing both clubs know is it'll be happening later in the year when, obviously, hopefully, the AFL Jack can put some cushioning on both sides of that particular fixture, minimise uh, the shorter uh, breaks and try to keep as many other clubs away from the splash damage as they can. And hopefully this is the only game mm. that gets postponed, but you'd be pretty optimistic if you were going to hang your hat on that. So on that, and I mentioned that it's a scare, and we're obviously thinking of Connor, who's been through the ringer in the last four or five days at a minimum as well, but... 20 new cases of COVID-19 in Australia today. 17 of them, Sam, were in Victoria. Are we, are we running a real risk here that this is going to happen again and again? I mean, the, the talk seems to be mounting by the hour that hubs in interstates for all the Victorian teams is, is now a very real possibility. Yeah, it could be. It could be. And, and making a few calls today around the AFL Grand Final, of all things, it's uh, far from front of mind at the moment. But <laughs> just in some of those calls, uh, speaking to people who deal with state government on a regular basis are saying that, look, the state government in Victoria is still pretty optimistic, Jack. They say they can get on top of this in two to three weeks, not two to three months. They're viewing it as a small setback, a hiccup, if you like, and they're confident that while far from ideal at the moment, they can get it back under control, you know, within the month and then start to ramp back up again. And, and what that means for, for crowds, obviously, we're really close to having 25,000. Seems yeah. unf um, unfathomable now, doesn't it? But yeah. we're really close to having 25 to 30,000 people at the MCG early next month. Obviously, that's a pipe dream at the moment. But um, they view it as a, a small hiccup. And you're right, with the fixture, anything's possible. Now, the commission hearing today, the clubs weren't told anything on that fixture. The only categoric answer out of it was confirmation that West Coast and Fremantle will spend an extra week in that Queensland hub. So they'll play a round six game up there. But then the sweetener to that, Jack, is that they get to quarantine in their own homes, in their own beds when they get back to Perth, which is what West Coast have been really vocal about. And their coach, Adam Simpson, but apart from all the Victorian clubs putting their hand up and saying, we're willing to share the load on this, we will hub in WA or SA or wherever it might be, nothing concrete at the moment. But that fixture, I'm led to believe that Travis Old will release for round six and seven, will take place a bit later on this week. Last one. Is Darwin a possibility? I don't know. It hasn't come up in any of the conversations I've had with uh, any club people, any AFL people. I read the reports with interest up there, obviously, and it would be great for the game possibly to get some sort of a hub up there. You'd have to say it's unlikely, though. I know Melbourne are really keen to play their game up there as per their contract and to fulfil those obligations, which obviously have sure. uh, big commercial components as well. So I think aside from that Melbourne game, you'd probably say it's unlikely, wouldn't you, Jack? I mean, given... 
Perth's going to have 60,000 people at Optus Stadium by July 18. South Australia's up and running now with big crowds. Queensland have got 10,000 people at the Gabba this weekend. There's just far too many other options, I would have thought, from the AFL, despite the romance of what Darwin uh, or Alice Springs might look like. What it looked like this morning looks very different a little after 6 o'clock tonight. Sam, it's been a massive day for you. Thank you so much for all of the work you've done across the day. No worries, Jack. Thanks for having me. Sam Edmund, our Chief Sports Reporter, and doing an outstanding job. So now that you've heard all of that, one three hundred seven three six seven three six on the phone or on the text oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Uh, thinking of Connor, it's pretty important that we all get that out there and we all make that very clear that he's been through a full gamut of emotions over the last week, uh, rightly or wrongly. Had he have exposed himself to it in the first place, but he has been through uh, the ringer. So Connor, we're, we're thinking of you, and he'll now need to go, as Sam said, into quarantine for the next fourteen days. As will James Stewart. But this is what I want to talk to you about. one 736 736 I've got an AFL fan emblem pack to give away. You can stick to the vehicles, laptops, most things. Visit fanemblems.com for retailers. Victoria is the COVID hotspot of Australia. It's unavoidable. The numbers back it up. 17 out of the 20 cases in Australia today belong to Victoria. And 11 of those, the source is still being investigated. So we can't even at this stage isolate that they're all return travellers or it's all come from the one family. There's some problems here in Victoria. And the longer this goes on, the closer we are to making me think that Victoria will go backwards even more steps when it comes to restrictions. Is it time to pick footy up and move it? Only for the next six weeks until hopefully things in Victoria can get under control. As a footy fan, regardless of where you live in Australia right now and you're listening to us here on SEN, tell me your thoughts on that. one 736 736 Is it time to pick footy up and hub it across the various states? Those states that have different restrictions and those states like WA and like Queensland who are having very minimal, if any, positive tests for COVID-19. The Eagles and the Dockers can now quarantine at home, not their hotels. They learnt that today, and we've spoken about that across the day. So that means that from July 18, Optus Stadium in the West has the possibility of having 60,000 people there. South Australia could have crowds of up to 27,000 once the Crows and the Power return from their hub. So with Victoria, the hotspot of COVID-19 and the season at massive risk, you've got to say, is it time to pick footy up and move it interstate? Not for the year, hopefully for rounds five, rounds seven, eight to 13. I'm not suggesting that footy's got to be interstate for the rest of the year, but things need to get under control in Victoria. And everything that we've just been through with Essendon and Connor McKenna, and we now learn that it is in fact a negative test. I can see this happening every week, the way things are going. You can, you can just see it. You can just see that there'll be someone else that's exposed in some way, shape or form. We'll have to go through this whole thing all over again. Is it time to take footy where it's safer, where the incidence of COVID-19 is much lower and we as footy fans can get to see potentially a full uninterrupted season? The cost of a hub would be enormous for the AFL. There's no doubt about that. And I've no question that that would be one of the biggest sticking points in all of this is how much money it would cost to hub 10 Victorian teams. You know, it's more costly not having a full season and having to go back and recut the broadcast checks again. We've all learnt 
over this period how important the broadcast money is to the overall health of the game. If we have to go back again and recut the check again because we aren't able to fulfil the full fixture, that's a bigger problem for the game. one 736 736 Is it a no-brainer now that we're going to need to pick footy up and move all of the Victorian teams interstate? Andy's on the road. Andy, good evening to you. Hey, how are you? Good, thanks. That's the way. Um, I'd take it a step further and say for 2020 season, you've got Perth, Darwin and Brisbane only. Because imagine coming back to the, everything goes well if, in those three states with the, with the warmer climate and maybe they've got some uh, brain cells that we're not using down here in Melbourne. Um, imagine you get to the second half of the season, you bring it back to Melbourne and there's another mass outbreak. And that's a possibility, Andy. The other thing with this too is the crowd factors at games. Appreciate your call. So even by bringing it back to Melbourne, we're miles away from having crowds at the footy in Melbourne now. After everything that's gone on, and I suspect, I'm no, I'm no political analyst, but I suspect that things are, are going to get worse in terms of the restrictions and we may have to take a step back. So the, the 25% at stadiums, just as Sam Edmund just said, draw a line through that. That's, that's not a realistic possibility right now. But all of these other states are allowed to start having fans at the footy. And we, even the games, the couple of games that we have seen from Adelaide, 2,000 fans makes a massive difference. 2,000 fans at the Gabba made a massive difference. This is only going to continue to improve if you follow the trend. Are we going to get to a situation where even if it did come back to Victoria, that no one could go anyway? So in which case, if we're just watching from the couch, does it matter where they play? Ben's in Scoresby. Evening to you, Ben. Yeah, g'day, Jack. How are you, mate? Good, thanks. Awesome. Um, look, just want to, I guess, have my sort of two cents on it. I, I think we, we definitely have to look at um, moving moving footy around, um, having hubs where, A, there's no, you know, threat of coronavirus because we've seen what just one little hiccup or, or yeah. um, one little, you know, it's just shut everything down. So I, I think... To go somewhere where that isn't a factor, I think the main thing too is that to go somewhere where there's crowds. I mean, the fact that SA are letting crowds in, you know, from this weekend onwards, and obviously WA are looking to do that too, um, just to have people sitting at the footy again. I mean, how it's it's funny what we take for granted. I think having people at the football again, it'll just make it, I think, it put a smile on everyone's face. It's, um, it would just, I mean, I think the broadcasters, Ben, I don't know about you, but I reckon Channel 7 and Fox have done the best that they can with the, the crowd noise and the, the superimposed yeah. things in the stands. But, gee, it would visually make a massive difference as fans, wouldn't it, to watch 20,000, 30,000 people in the stands? Yeah, it really would. And I think that, you know, the crowd noises have been fantastic. Um, but the reason why that's worked is because you need crowd noises. You know what I mean? I think yeah. even just watching the showdown and having 2,000 very angry South Australians yelling in the background that just made that little bit of difference. Just hearing, hearing the, you know, the shout of ball and hearing people boo. And it was just, yeah, it, was, it made you really miss what sort of football was all about. And just quickly, if I can, mate, too, just um, I'm a I'm West Bulldog supporter. I live in Melbourne. Very, very strict in the fact that the grand final needs to stay the MCG. But, mate, if uh, come, you know, September, October, whenever it is, if we can't have people at the MCG and we can have 60,000 people in Optus or yeah. 53,000 in Adelaide, it's, it's got to be done. It has I, to. I, I sort of get the feeling from a, a grand final point of view, and appreciate your call, Ben, from a grand final perspective, it's too far away for now. 
Like, I reckon for us to jump ahead and worry about what it looks like in late October, there's so much we've just seen. We've just lived it all in the last week. There's so much that can change so quickly. It's a good conversation to be having, and I'm happy to take your calls on it, but it seems a long way away at this point in time. Dion, Toby and Craig, please do me a favour. Don't go anywhere. You'll be first up on the other side of this and more of your calls here on Time On. one 736 736 is it time? Do we need to pick the game up and move it into state for the season to continue? It's SEM. Time on with Jack Everett. Grand final, WA. It's going to happen. That's what I'm, and I know people get narky out there. Hey, you stupid idiot. Don't you know there's a 57-year? Yes, I do know there's a 57-year contract for uh, to be played at the MCG. And under normal circumstances, I'm a massive, massive supporter of that. But if Western Australia can have a 60,000-capacity stadium and we can't, and that's, look, to be honest, that's the way it's tracking through no-one's fault. But that that's the way it looks at the moment, doesn't it? Gary Lyon talking on Brecky this morning. The boys will be back tomorrow from 6am. It just makes a lot of sense. As I say, it feels like a bridge too far for now because there's so much work that's got to go on to keep the season rolling. But if the trend continues the way that it's going, it does make a hell of a lot of sense that there might be a grand final interstate this year. And if that's the case... I reckon so be it. Let's just keep the footy rolling. Let's keep your calls rolling as well. one 736 736 to join us. We need to, I'm of the view, we need to pick footy up and we're going to have to move the Victorian teams into state to keep this season rolling. As a footy fan, your thoughts. Toby's in Port Adelaide. G'day, Toby. Yeah, Jack. Mate, uh, I concur. Uh, I reckon what you said should be played to the AFL. It is an Australian football league so if we have to pack everybody up and move you know and be agile at the moment it's going to be the best thing playing in front of packed house in wa or half a packed house in sa um is only going to be good for the game and it'll keep everybody on their couch who has to stay in lockdown in melbourne entertained and and we move on and we get on with it it's a good point you make toby in that there may be changes still to come um, from a Victorian point of view, I kind of flagged that earlier. As I say, I'm no political analyst, but if Victoria have to go back a couple of steps, steps in the restrictions, you can only leave your house for, for certain things, then footy on the TV is going to be crucial. And if that's the case and that does happen, then I can't see how there's going to be permission for so many people to be in a venue to actually make a game happen in the first place. There's still a lot to play out. I'm speculating on that, no doubt. But um, it... It's not even a Victoria versus the rest scenario. To me, this is just about what makes sense. And it's about keeping the game and the competition going. I can't see many other options at this point. Sam's in Noble Park. G'day, Sam. Hey, Jack. Sorry, how are you, buddy? No, you're all fine, mate. Come in. Mate, cannot agree with you anymore. Um, definitely, you know, we, we have to give this a thought for sure. Um it's just one of those things, and like you said as well, definitely there will be a big cost factor, absolutely, but it's, uh, you know, it's a cliche, but it might be a short-term gain for a long-term pain. Um, and one thing I'll just say in terms of from the player's point of view, like I can definitely understand it. It's easier, that, just easier to say, you know, just move into state and then play the games and all that, but obviously they've got families and things, you know, they'll miss, and 
you know, right now with the way things are, you go home and you don't really have much else to look forward to besides your partners or your babies or, mm. you know, parents. But if being a Collingwood fan, for example, if my team can go into state and with the way things are and every team says it all, you know, play us anywhere, anytime we'll beat you, well, this would be the time to show it. And I would have no doubt, being a Collingwood fan, that, you know what, we can beat anyone at any time. Yeah, I've, I've made a few calls on this today, Sam, and, and the general feeling I'm getting is that the clubs are all on board and the players will do whatever that they need to do. The hub situation is a very difficult one, but we're seeing the hub situation play out right now with four teams, and, and the Eagles have been the most vocal to say that they haven't enjoyed it, that they're not liking it. Uh, the feedback from clubs is that you can never really switch off, whereas when you're at home, you can do your stuff at the footy club, you can do your training, your weights, your video reviews, even the staff and the, the footy department staff can do their thing, but they can go home, whereas you're never really switching off at the hub. But they're doing what they need to do to keep the season going. I'm not suggesting that we need to pick the season up for the rest of the entire season, all 17 rounds, but certainly the next few weeks, just to see what happens in Victoria and just to take any risk away that, that the season may have to stop as a result of it. So from that side of things... It just, to me, it just makes so much sense. And we're seeing these scenarios with the hubs, as I mentioned, play out right now. So to say that some shouldn't have to do it, well, we've already got four doing it. We've already got four teams who have committed to it, who are doing whatever it has to happen to make it happen, if that makes sense. And that's why it needs to, it's just got to be moved. Could Darwin be a possibility, I wonder? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Keep your calls coming. I've got some texts to get to very shortly as well. Could Darwin be a possibility? Here's the AFL Northern Territory CEO, Stuart Totham, today. All through this uh, COVID period, um, you know, the, the government, the AFL and, and, and other, other stakeholders have been talking about this opportunity of hubs and, you know, rotating teams through. And uh, those options have always remained open. And, and I guess with um, sort of increasing uncertainty in recent times, I guess, they, you know, they sort of push up, up, the, up the ladder a bit in terms of, what the options might be, you know, as you say, to get these get these games out of the way. Realistically, what would stop four, five Victorian teams going to Darwin? At least then they're all on a level playing field when it comes to that. This is the difference between a potential furthering of restrictions in Victoria and, and going to a hub for the next four or five weeks. It's the difference between basically not being able to leave your house and if you go to Perth or you go to Queensland or even Darwin, you can go and have a coffee, you can play golf, you can surf, you can basically almost do whatever you need to be doing. Um, and that's not going to be happening. So perhaps Darwin is, a, is an answer in all of this. Move four or five teams to Darwin, they're all on the same level playing field. There'll be fans that'll go. The footy fans at the NT love it. And they don't get too many games every year. They would flock. They really would. I'm, I'm convinced that there would be fans at every game because they would see this as a great opportunity. So perhaps that's an option. If we're concerned about unfair advantages and advantages, perhaps Darwin, and to an extent Tasmania, could make a little bit of sense as well. Off the text, I'll get to your text in just a moment, because there's a statement that has just come through from the Essendon Football Club. They can confirm that Connor McKenna has returned a negative result to his COVID-19 swab test on Tuesday, June the 23rd. It's also been reconfirmed that the two swab tests taken on Friday, June 19 and Saturday, June 20 were both positive results. 
The club will work with relevant medical experts over the coming days to further understand these results. That's just coming through from the Bombers. I'm no medical expert, so I've literally got no idea how that could happen. I'm not even going to try and speculate as to how. I really don't know how you could have positive tests and negative tests and all that sort of stuff. But we do have this text from earlier. As an ICU doctor, it's clear to me that Connor McKenna is simply a false positive, which we as clinicians have seen so many times. So if he shows no symptoms, why do either of the Essendon players have to isolate? I'm a Hawthorne member supporter here, so no medic, uh, so no bias. And uh, that text coming through with a medical background as well. It would be precautionary, no doubt. That's why they have to quarantine. But you wonder why. It's, there's so many, there's so many questions that this poses to me in terms of how many other tests are like this, and not just in sport, but in life. How many other tests are negative that are positive and positive that are negative, etc. John's in Greensboro. G'day, John. How are you, Jack? Good, thanks. Yeah, look, my um, my suggestion. Uh, would be Queensland, uh, to be honest with you. I heard Gary Lyons say that uh, the grand final will be better off being played in Western Australia, but if you're talking about um, promoting the game, this is the best opportunity the AFL have had to get into a, a rugby-driven uh, community. And, and if, you know, if you're going to do that, then set up your hubs in Queensland, make the game prominent over there, and then What's wrong with actually having the grand final over there? It becomes a bit of a, a neutral territory for most clubs, and the ones that need to be promoted and the ones that need the support are Gold Coast and the Brisbane Lions. So why mm. not give them a little bit of time? So, John, are you saying that you'd play the, the grand final in Queensland as well, or are you just talking about hubbing everyone for the next little while in Queensland? I'd, I'd play the grand final there. I reckon it's a massive opportunity to put a whole into what rugby have had, you know, for, for, for over and a day. And it's been, you know, we've got Gold Coast struggling for a long time. Uh, all of a sudden, they're starting to come good. There's a little bit of excitement. Brisbane are actually up and about. There, really, there wouldn't be a better opportunity to actually make some noise up in Queensland. Yeah, I see that side of it. The gab is a bit of a problem for mine. And I say this... In fact, not with any respects. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. You talk to anyone in Brisbane, and they they will agree that the Gabba needs a massive amount of work. It's why every year the Gabba have to fight it out with the Adelaide Oval and with Optus Stadium to get a, a test as part of the cricket summer. The Gabba needs some work. The Gabba is a pretty ordinary stadium, to be brutal. It, when you look at the MCG and you go to Optus Stadium and you go to the Adelaide Oval. Even the SCG has managed to retain a lot of its historic roots but still be a really, really good sports venue. The Gabba is a mile off all of that. So, John, I'd love your point about promoting the game in Queensland and taking it there. Could it host a grand final? The Gabba, it could, but there's probably better places, better stadiums to have it at. But certainly in the next little while, why not send some more teams to Queensland as part of a hub? Uh, John's in Albert Park, and I believe John is a, a medical professional. So, John, appreciate your call. Thank you for joining me. Uh, good to talk to you, Jack. F- first question is, where would you go surfing in Darwin without be getting bitten by a shark? <laughs> this is very true. Or a crocodile. This is very true. Maybe maybe um, surfing in Darwin's not the best idea. <laughs> um, Connor McKenna's test is almost certainly going to be a false positive. So the test, I mean, he's... 
from what I gather, he's got no symptoms and he's had a test that's turned out positive and now it's turned out negative. So I think this is going to be a false positive test and there's a lot of, going to be a lot of uh, grief about all this. Um, and fortunately, uh, I am an Essendon supporter, so I'll declare that up front. But uh, I'm glad that, the, that it was only James Stewart that's, that's been um, not allowed to play. Um, so I, I think the, the AFL's got to go back and look at its testing. And I think Brett Sutton and the whole of Victoria's got to go back and look at its testing to see whether all these other tests are false positives as well. Yeah, and that's what I mean. It's posing so many questions to me, John. So in your medical opinion, did, did the AFL yeah. move too, too quickly on this? Or did they do the right thing? Uh, no, no, no. They, they didn't have any choice but to but to isolate him. But, I mean, they've really got to go back and work out why someone can be positive one day and negative the next. Yep. So that that, that would be my question. I'm no epidemiologist. That That's for the boring epidemiologists. <laughs> uh, I, treat, I treat patients. But, uh, um, you know, they've got to go back and work out why those, why those uh, cases are, are positive one day and negative the next. So that, could there be, I mean, small but... But incidental things like tester error, etc., that could come into play here. Absolutely, no test in medicine is a hundred percent perfect. Sure. So you've got to work out what what the likelihood is that the patient has the disease in the first place. So it's very very low. Any positive test is more likely to be a false positive than a true positive. So uh, you've really got to look at at, your, at the population you're testing. So then obviously with coronavirus, we don't know what the what the, po- the false positive rate is because it's a new test and it, because we've only been doing it for a few months. Mm. So, uh, look, you know, there's lots of questions that are to be answered, but I, you'd have to think that this is a false positive test, in my in my opinion. John, we just spoke about, asked for your medical opinion about whether the AFL jumped yeah. too early. There's going to be another situation like this. So I, I think we're all naive to think that there probably won't be. So... Next time yeah. around, something like this happens, that the same sort of course of action should be taken? Oh, they don't have any choice but to exclude the player and work out who's... who's I mean, I don't, how do they work out who's with, been with him for, for 15 minutes? Mm. Uh, I, I don't know how they work out, unless they're videoing all of training and doing all of that. I, I don't know how they work all that out. So, um, you know, how, how they chose James Stewart, I'm not sure, because he was in a tackling drill. Were they tackling for 15 minutes? Look, I'm not really sure how they do that. But there's no doubt that if they get a positive test, they have to exclude the player. And you would, would you know, have to... Um, whether they have to cancel the match, I'm not sure. Um, you know, because we, we, don't, we don't treat contacts of contacts. We only treat contacts. But, look, you know, I, I, I don't think they had any choice but to defer the game. John, I appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us. No problems. More of your calls on the other side of this. There's a medical professional's take on what's gone on today. Matt and Tom, stay there, please. You'll be first up on the other side of this. I've got all of your texts to get through as well. 0433 98 11 16. This one off the text. Take the next block of games. Should be three hubs of six in the Northern Territory, Perth and Adelaide. Those hubs can play a round robin amongst themselves. That gives you the next five rounds to be released after the current lot. All money from attendances goes into a central fund to offset the costs of putting the teams in hubs. Oh, there's so much to break down here. We'll do our very best. It's time on here on SEN. Time on with Jack Everett. We've sort of said all along, I mean, it's, it's obviously up to clubs how they determine how they want to structure their groups. Um, I just think when you look at it, you know, philosophically across the board, if you, if you lose nine players, it's going to have a significant impact on your, in your program full stop. I think in the, in, in the context of this situation, um, when it took place, uh, the timing of the week, 
you know, there was probably an element of luck for us in the sense that we, you know, we had had a, a contact session, but um, the protocols had been delivered, you know, in a pretty firm sort of way. They were, they were robust. Um, it really only came down to the on-field session um, that was, you know, from the DHHS perspective, was of the most interest. And, um, you know, I think we now can move forward. Yeah, there's probably going to be some learnings from it, and that's something that we'll, we'll explore over, the, over later this afternoon, probably as a club. Essendon CEO Xavier Campbell talking this afternoon. That was well before the news came through that Connor McKenna has returned a negative result on his latest corona tests. Sam Edmund tweeting, Connor McKenna, COVID timeline, negative Wednesday, low-grade irregularity Friday, positive Saturday, and clear on Monday. We've had some medical professionals both texting in and also calling in as well to explain how this is potentially possible. I'm no medical expert, so I'm not even going to speculate, but the common those who work in medicine off the text and on the phone as well is that these things are possible. But all saying that the AFL in many ways, not completely, but in many ways, did the right thing by taking all precautions. Matt's in Barwon Heads. Hello, Matt. G'day, mate. How you doing? Good, thanks, mate. Hey, just a quick one. Melbourne, Hawthorne, Richmond and Essendon to the Northern Territory, play Dreamtime Eve and play the Dreamtime game. How perfect would that be? Plus get all the legend Aboriginal players up there, have a bit of a, a ceremony for them and, you know, celebrate Collie Farmer and celebrate these great players of the game with the social movement happening at the moment. Yep. It'd probably just win-win. I think it'd be great, Matt. I agree with you completely. And I know that some will say that Darwin's not a real option. I can't understand why it couldn't be, given that they have got very minimal cases and have had right from the start of COVID-19, minimal. Even pro rata with the population, minimal. Um, and then obviously there are clubs that have got a relationship with the Northern Territory and Indigenous football, all, all clubs do, but certainly Essendon and Richmond with the Dreamtime, Melbourne already play games in the Northern Territory. The more I thought about this today, the more sense it makes. John's in Blackburn. Hello, John. Hi, how are you going, mate? Good, mate. Yeah, just a, just a, quick, just a quick comment on the Conor McGregor, uh, Conor McKenna situation. Yep, yep, that's him. Yeah, I'm a Tigers porter down in my bootlaces, but... You know, I, I really feel sorry for him. You know, um, I think feel like he's been hung out to dry somewhat. You know, he, he comes back from Ireland, self-isolates for two weeks, comes back to the club, has a series of tests, negative, 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 uh, irregular, then positive. And then we hear later that, he, that the, the, you know, the subsequent test is negative. You know, so he, he goes out to a, an open day where he's allowed to do... Um, is my understanding, and I do stand to be corrected, whereby he can, if, if you're looking for a house to buy, you can do that. But in this case, he's looking for a house to, to rent. Yeah. So that's kind of semantics. And then he goes to visit his host family uh, when he first comes out here. Um, we've all heard that he's um, uh, homesick and, and, and the like. So he goes and visits, visits his host family, which you can argue is, okay, technically in breach. And he gets hung out to dry. And then you see all this footage of him um, doing some training drills and, and the like. And then they're focusing on him um, with one finger on the side of his nose, blowing out one nostril and the other nostril. And, and they're sort of like, you know, if, I reckon they're hanging him out, poor bloke out to dry. I mean, give him a break. Yeah, it's, it's tough when you consider Connor's situation. As you said, Johnny's he's homesick um, from a, 
a housing point of view, he's looking to rent at least until the end of the year. I've tried to get some clarity on this and whether he did, in fact, break rules. The best advice that I was given that is that it's very grey. Um, you are allowed to move house, but does looking for a place to rent fall under that? I actually can't get any clarity on it. No one can really give it to me. The best suggestion I've got is that perhaps he should have gone through the club's uh, COVID officer and, and got them to check it out and got them to to say yes or no. I know of other players who have had things that they thought would be okay. They've checked with the club and been told that they weren't allowed to do that. So they, in fact, haven't done that, appointments and, and whatnot. So maybe that's something that he can learn from and we can all learn from, but it's very grey, the rule around that. Tom's in Williamstown. Hi, Tom. How you going, mate? Good. Good. Uh, I'm an Essendon supporter here. I'm pretty devastated. I feel sorry for Tim Watson. Andy Marr and Jared Waitley are, supposed, are his supposed mates. They open the lines for Essendon to get criticised and abused by supporters, and they bring up the drug saga every time. Once again, we have tested negative. They never, ever... Waitley and Ma never, ever go into bat when the supporters bag his son, bag the football club about it. You'd hate to rob a bank with one of those blokes. They're very ordinary individuals. Tom, appreciate your call. I don't think it's a, a personal thing there, and I'm sure that Tim wouldn't take it that way as well. But as an Essendon supporter, I can hear the pain in your voice. As Terry Wallace tweeted, you've been through a lot already, no question. Uh, Tom, stay there. I'll get to you on the other side of this. And we'll wrap up here on Time On. Time on with Jack Everett. Good to have you with me on Time On. 0433 98 11 16. Got a couple of minutes before we finish up, but if you've got a view on everything that we've covered off this hour, which essentially started off being about Connor McKenna, it's going to finish being about Connor McKenna and in amongst it as well. We spoke about the need to potentially pick footy up and move it interstate to keep the season rolling for 2020. Tom's in Berwick has waited on patiently during the break. Tom, thanks for hanging on. Hey, mate, no worries at all. Yeah, uh, obviously with this Conor McKenna thing, the AFL came out and said with the whole training guidelines to not put your, your, your full line of plays in, into one group. Oh, you don't put your back line in one group and your full line in one group. And it was only recommended. It wasn't, you know, mandated. No. And then, and in, and in, in hindsight, this thing came in to buy Essendon badly in the backside. So going forward, do you think clubs will actually separate their lines into the training groups? Or will they sit to their guns and, and have their whole lines in each group? I was surprised that they weren't already doing that, Tom. Thanks for your call. Every club's going to do it differently. I was really surprised that you would leave yourself in a position where essentially your entire line could be wiped out or your back six could be wiped out. I, I know that there are, and as I say, every club's doing it differently. I know there are some clubs that are trying to stagger their training groups of eight based on age and, and star factor and all that sort of stuff. If you, if you wanted to use a really basic way of grading them, whether they have maybe a couple of their A players with a couple of their B players and a couple of their C players and they mix it up, There'll be others that will do it for different reasons. Uh, and that may be that they want their back six training together for continuity. They want their forwards training together, etc. You do leave yourself wide open, wide open, as we've seen with the Connor McKenna text. Uh, what else have you missed from across the day? <laughs> been a bit happening. The Melbourne Storm have been moved interstate indefinitely. The Melbourne Storm Hour is up next. So we'll talk about that with Sandor Earl and Max King. 
Super Netball has shocked everyone this afternoon. In the last five minutes of each quarter, they will have a zone where you can shoot for two points. Scoring in netball has always been one. It's been discussed about. It's been used in exhibition tournaments and whatnot. But it's actually now coming in that there'll be two-point shots. Fast skill scenes in tennis. Multiple players have tested positive after playing a Novak Djokovic exhibition tournament in Serbia. He was encouraged not to have it. Many people, although it is for charity, was suggested that it wasn't the best idea. It went ahead. And now look what's happened. And Australia edging closer to winning co-hosting rights with New Zealand to the 2023 Women's World Cup after Japan pulled their bid. An announcement is expected at 2am on Friday morning. So some good positive news to potentially come for major events that Australia will host in the future. But the story of the show, no question, is Connor McKenna returning a negative result after two positive tests for COVID-19. Both he and James Stewart will still need to quarantine for the next 14 days. But good news for a young man who's been through a lot. No question about it. Melbourne Storm Hour up next. Stay with us. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.